This episode of the podcast is brought to you by learning to play golf with a live swordfish. I don't know, but it sounded like you did. Everybody's got a right to be curious. No, I'm not so sure. I'll put that body to bed. I don't know a damn thing about whatever troubles and that works for me. I just want to find her. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credit, the podcast, the only podcast that wants to know who you're eating with today. <laughs> I'm Zach. <laughs> and I'm Frank. And today we are here to talk about Brick. <laughs> that one really got you. I don't know why. I just, that was good. Yeah. I just, I really liked that line. They just kept <laughs> saying, they're like, who, do you, who are you eating who lunch you eating with? with? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a fucking thing of like, who are you, who, who are you like talking yeah. to? Like, who are you with? Um, so today we're doing Brick. Brick. Man. Give Super. It, uh, all right. Before, yes. I don't want to hear anything. Okay. Right now. <laughs> okay. So, Brick came out in 2005. It was directed by Ryan Johnson. You have Joseph Gordon-Levitt in here, who plays Brendan, your main character. You have Nora Zanita, who plays Laura. You have Lucas Hayes, who plays the Pin. You have Megan Good, who plays Kara. Noah Fleesis, who plays Tugger. Matt O'Leary, who plays the Brain. Emily Day Raven, who plays Emily. And then finally, Noah Segan, who plays Dode. 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 I don't like that name. It's a pretty bad name. Yeah. Um, and this is a film about a teenage loner who uh, kind of gets pushed into like a weird high school underworld of, of like a crime mm-hmm. ring after he finds his ex-girlfriend dead in like a... What is that? What is that? What? It's like a tunnel. But it's like, a tunnel. Yeah. Like an overpass? I don't know what it is. Like a tunnel. Um and that's kind of what it's about. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I really I want to talk this out because okay. I don't know how I feel about this movie. Really? I have no I I literally as I was watching this, mm-hmm. I was like this is the strangest and most unexpected like I I just was not expecting any oh, no. of what occurred to occur in this movie. Exactly. I mean besides the fact of like hey this girl is dead mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out what happened. I, I knew that much. The dialogue in this movie doesn't, in my opinion, did not fit the people that were saying it. Oh, absolutely not. And I think that is like, was that the be, point? I don't know because, <laughs> so I absolutely love this film. Um, I think, cause this was one of the things that we brought up last episode of like a noir, like a neo noir film. And I got that fucking through and through. It's just it freaked me out so much that these are teenagers and they're in high school mm-hmm. and the way that they're it feel it doesn't feel like dialogue that real people are saying mm-hmm. it feels like this was written for them and they are and I'm not saying that this is necessarily a good thing or a bad thing I'm just saying that you could tell that there are just certain phrases and words and sentences that people say in this movie that you're like Somebody wrote that and they are now re- like they are now reciting that line. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like especially when like they consistently say like oh you're going to get talked to by the bulls or like oh give me a call at like midnight yeah. wait for me like put your phone on vibrate. Yeah. And it's stuff like that where it's like they're teenagers. Like I had to remind myself like three or four times in the film that like oh my god these are teenagers. <laughs> like what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Um because it, it kind of reminded me of it's definitely not. I definitely did not dislike this movie nearly as much as uh, 
the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. where it's like a modern day, you know, like they're yeah. running around with pistols and, and driving cars, yes. but they're using the Shakespearean dialogue. <laughs> it's kind of it kind of feels like that, where it's like they're using old timey language of like a classic noir film, but they're just young teenagers in a modern day. Yeah. And it's, and it's just so weird. It was that's where I'm like, it's so interesting. It's definitely interesting. I will absolutely like agree with you on that. Like it was definitely a different take and something that I wasn't expecting. I just don't know if it like if, if it landed for me. I think this is my favorite performance by Joseph Gordon Levitt. There's so few that I like. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but I really don't like him that much. He's okay. I mean, he did the he wrote and directed the movie like Don Juan which was literally just a film to get him and Scarlett Johansson to make out <laughs> so I mean it, it. it's this and that so I I think that this there was, was that like, movie where he played that Frenchman where he like walked across some buildings oh yeah yeah, yeah. I remember that while they were under construction and he does a really bad French accent <laughs> and I was like wow this is not good at all mm-hmm. uh, I think well he was an in inception I'm pretty sure but he was like a side character maybe uh he was he was an in inception he was in I think he was in like the the Christopher Nolan like Batman. He was supposed to be like Robin, but then they never. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, with yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about that. Unnecessary. Yes. Um. So yeah, like I I yeah, thought this I, was super interesting. Yeah. The the story itself, like unfolding, again, it is this super classic noir film. Mm-hmm. And the way that they set everything up of, like, talking to each other, like, the way that Brendan and the brain, like, communicate, it's like he's working with, like, the FBI. Like, this is, like, <laughs> yeah. one undercover FBI agent who was, like, working with him. Yeah. Um, and then I thought it was, like, really interesting, too, like, some of the dialogue of saying, like, oh, you know, like, what click are they hanging out with next? Like, it literally felt like people in, like, the theater clubs were their own, like, gang. Yeah. And the, the jocks were their own gang. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like that one guy who was the the black kid that and that oh, he ends up getting into a fight with Brad Bramish. Yeah, Brad- <laughs> the worst character I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like I'm Brad Bramish. Why won't the coach put me in? <laughs> he knows I'll win that game. Yeah, <laughs> like it was just such a weird and strange. Um, and I guess I guess my question is like, why was he in the movie? Like Brad Bramish. Yeah, did he? I don't did know. he propel? the narrative forward it didn't feel like it i felt I, I didn't feel like his um you know his role did not really end up doing too much with the overall conclusion of her death no it really he really was just there to have like a just a confrontation a fun fight between him and brendan but we also got that with him and tugger so like why did i need both tugger tugger is a crazy motherfucker not that great of an actor, though. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but but still, crazy in this movie. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that the one scene where, like, he finds his car and he's about to, like, break it with the cinder block. Oh, yeah. And then just sees him, like, fucking... Why is he walking like yeah, that? Why does he walk with, like, full arms out? <laughs> um, but, like, him just being like, okay, like, I know I gotta do this now. Something I didn't mention, too, in the last episode about, like, what makes a good noir film is something that is in this film, and that's the music. I think the music was perfect I for the this movie, film. I thought I did like the music. It's very jazz, like, very piano-heavy, and that is something that, like, is very noir style. Yeah. Um, I thought that 
it just fits so perfectly with this film. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like this was a really underrated film for 2005 when there was a plethora of films that came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. You literally had a year of V for Vendetta, The Descent, Amityville Horror, Batman Begins, um, and a couple other and films. And other movies. And others. <laughs> <laughs> Corpse's yeah. Bride. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is like one of Ryan Johnson's uh, more... Like, I think this is, like, one of his early, early movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is May was, like, I think this was probably his third film. I don't even know if this was his third feature. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably some shorts in there as well. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I enjoyed Ryan Johnson's Knives Out a mm-hmm. lot. I don't know if you've seen Knives Out. Uh, that is a movie that you can tell the man knows now how to make a a real movie and you can tell that he has a knack for dialogue. Yeah. In this film, this I, I find this movie kind of like it's amateurish, mm-hmm. but kind of in an endearing way. Yeah. There's there there is a nice kind of amateur quality about it that is you can tell that he can really write d- dialogue. Um and you can tell that he knows how to properly like block a scene and you can mm-hmm. tell that he knows how to direct. Uh I thought the sound design was a little strange. Yeah, specifically were, like when they were in that chase scene. Yes, I, I was know. like, wow, that's like very the shoes. Odd. Of yeah, like, it just it didn't make any sense. And yeah. It was very very weird. Um, I didn't really love all of the side characters. I thought Dode some of them were weird. unnecessary. Dode was very strange. Uh, Kara was very weird because like it was literally just she she felt like this kind of like no-nonsense, like, informant, but, like, holding back to, like, just tease Brendan a little bit. Yeah. Um, But she really didn't serve much to the story. Because even when you find out that, like, oh, her and Dode had, like, something to do with everything, and Dode is dead, she doesn't do anything else. Like, that's the <laughs> no. last scene that you see her in, is just Brendan throwing the fucking rock through the mirror and then just leaving. Yeah. Um... There was a weird part, too, like, for a while in the story. I was like, why did Brendan move the body of Emily? I thought it was very strange. Like, I was just, for most of the film, I was like... I guess like, it was just because he didn't want anybody to, like, find it and then the police to get involved yet because he wanted to do it all himself. Yeah, but then when they but do it's like, why were you body, Why were you so okay about, like, just picking up a dead body and just moving it? Exactly. <laughs> Especially since, again, you're 17. Yeah. I gotta fucking remind myself every five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, like, because it seems like if they did find the body, then he's immediately the first suspect. Right, because he's the ex boyfriend. Ex boyfriend, yeah. Um, I thought some of the, sh- I thought like there were there were really like really really nicely uh, looking scenes that I didn't necessarily thought made a lot of sense like mm-hmm. in in the context of the story. Specifically when uh, when Brandon goes to the party and he ends up like going away and they and him and that girl whatever her name Laura. is yeah him and her like have like their little conversation. There's like just candles on the floor mm-hmm. above like on the step. And it's like, and you know, there's like a fireplace behind them, and it's like, okay, this is like really nicely lit, but it's like, why are those candles just lit on the ground? Yeah, <laughs> on <exactly>. the ground? <laughs> and then they just like steal scotch, and they're just drinking scotch. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> and again, you're like, oh right, you guys are like 16 and 17. Yeah, like it was literally that scene, and then also when Dode gets shot by Tugger, which now that I think about it too, was a very weird scene in the fact that like. It was so cinematically, like, perfectly set up Mm -hmm. where you're looking from the tunnel to, like, 
the sunlight, so there's natural lighting. Yeah. He shoots him in slow-mo, and then just a bunch of birds rush out. Yeah. And it looked fantastic. But also, they're 17. Yeah. And somebody just died <laughs> over drugs. And I got to remind myself that this is not an adult noir film. I, I didn't really... Like, towards, like, the, the last, I believe, was probably, like, the last half hour of the movie, I did not understand why Brandon was so, like, sick. Oh yeah, like so, he, like he him was just like, coughing. He was constantly? like coughing and stumbling around and like barely able. And everyone was like, "You're gonna die. You need to go. You need to get some rest." And I'm like, "Why is he dying?" I think Why? from like, is it just from getting punched a lot? <laughs> I think it's from like the the previous couple of fights because Tugger really fucked him up. Um, and I they don't say it, but I'm pretty sure he had like some like internal bleeding or like some internal like lung damage from it because he literally passes out from coughing. Yeah. So I think that it's just from like him getting beat up so and, much. And after um, Dode gets shot, mm-hmm. he just passes out. He, but he's just like again, like just stumbling for like what seems like a minute way too long of yeah. him just like coughing and like on the wall. Like yes, heaving. exactly. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot. Some the action isn't really is filmed in a way that's like very noticeable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what I mean, like. You can tell... That they didn't actually throw a punch at each other? Yeah, like, you can mm-hmm. see, like, where the edit is, which, again, is kind of, like, got this amateur quality that is kind of endearing. Like, it, it, it's kind of cute and, like, and just nice to see Yeah, uh, a, a real big-budget movie that isn't made, like, perfectly. You can see some of the cracks, uh, which I kind of like. Yeah. But at the same time, you know... It takes you out of it a little bit. It's like, all right, I clearly can see that, you know, he did not get really punched in the face, but like it wasn't even, he wasn't even there. He swung at the camera. Yeah. I mean, even too, like you can kind of tell from like with the pin, like the pin is a cool character. The the pin had so much potential to yes. be so much cooler. Yes, exactly. Like he really wasn't like, he was like the, the whole like be all end all like antagonist to the film, but it kind of felt flat. Cause like he didn't really do much to it. No. And like I, I and he enjoyed... didn't again, and he also didn't really have an integral role of her. I mean, besides the like the brick yes. of drugs, like her death. I don't know. It wasn't really a part of him. No, and he was just like, "Why do I need this information?" <laughs> yeah, and that's why too. Like it, it, it ended up being that Laura was the main antagonist. Yeah. But it did come across, like, confusing. Oh, it's very... Com- I had no idea what was going on this entire movie. Well, that's kind I'll of, like, the honest. point of, like, mysteries. Is, like, you don't know <laughs> till the very end. Yeah, but... All right, so, look, I have two things. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to say about the whole the pin scenario is I did appreciate the, in my opinion, a joke that really landed, mm-hmm. which was... The king after, pin. Well, no, oh. after he gets... After um Brandon gets beat up... Mm. They bring him back upstairs, and then the mom is just like making, like, has like a bowl of cereal for him. And because it's like, oh, he still lives at home. Yeah. And, you know, and then they're just sitting there having a conversation about something that's really, really serious, but also, um, just, it's just, it, it landed. It was a really, really well played. It was like the long game, you mm-hmm. know. It's like this guy who's in, in this basement. You don't know what house he's at, but he's just at his mom's house. Yes. It, it really, really worked a lot. Um, I did not appreciate the 
gigantic exposition dump at the end of the movie in the middle of the football field. Oh, I loved it. I didn't like it because it's like, hey, we understand that none of this movie really made sense, so now we're just going to explain everything to you. But and that's I don't know, like the thing with mysteries. But the thing is, you should, in, in a really good made, well-made film, especially a mystery, you should be uncovering it with the lead character. Yes. And you should feel like you are also getting closer to this. When when they got to the football field, I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And then they have this this, you know, this back and forth where he, she he's like, "What do you want me to do? Spell it out for you?" And she's like, "Yeah, why don't you?" And I'm like, "Oh my yes, god. That, that this line is how was, you're going to do it, that really." That line was dumb. And it and it just really really frustrated me. I agree with you that like you should be able to in a good mystery figure it out along with them, but also it is very rewarding in a film when the main character is like, well, let me lay out your entire plan, and I figured you out. Yeah. Because there's no reason why Brennan should be this smart. No. There's also no reason why every girl should be fucking him. Like, everybody wants to fuck him. Yeah. Like, he's a handsome guy. I also like, I also didn't really exactly understand what his relationship was to the pin. Well, side man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, he, he was like, he was like here, let me, let me offer you my services, and this is how much you're going to get. And I was like, but what is he doing? Just for being, him, he didn't end up doing anything, right? So it was going to actually make sense. He was going to sell drugs, but like, was he? Yes, but then everything started going down where they were like, "Oh no, like we gotta, we gotta hold off," because of Dode's death. <laughs> he just and didn't Dode, pay attention. Dode was useless. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As a character, and her like the whole like, oh, she was pregnant with my kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but then, it, what was it? Tugger's kid? It no, it's actually Brendan's. Okay. See, um, I don't know. Everything was just such a yeah, blur. You, you might need to watch this again. I might have to because honestly, man, I was so just perplexed by the dialogue was so off-putting for me. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. And it's so, like, there are so many edits and quick cuts and things that are happening. And the dialogue is so fast. And there's just so many things happening. I was like, I do not have a grasp of this movie. <laughs> I do want to, like, the last thing that I want to say too is, like, the one thing that I didn't like was this classic kind of, like, cop trope of like oh, okay like everything's done but it didn't pan out was the fact that he left his jacket there like with the big blowout of like tugger and pin and the cops came oh right yeah like his jacket was there so yeah, like yeah. wouldn't they trace it back to him at some point yeah but they just don't acknowledge it Mm-mm. but i mean i guess too like it it kind of served the purpose at the very end with him taking the body and putting it in the black Mustang yeah. and then kind of framing it on like Tugger and the pin and all of them. Yeah. Um, and then of course framing Laura with the brick that she stole that I guess caused all of this. Yeah, man, it was, it was a wild ride and it also just didn't really make like her, was her body just in that tunnel like the entire movie? Oh yeah. And just nobody moved it. Nobody, everybody I just, think, I think this only took place over the course of like three, four days. Dode saw him move the body and was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm gonna just leave it here. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the more that we talk about it, I'm like the the less and less I'm liking it. <laughs> I really liked this film. I think that this was kind of like this very underrated kind of gem of 2005. I feel like it was a it was a a movie that you thought it was a gem, and then you polished it off, and you were like, oh, it's just a shiny rock. No, <laughs> <laughs> the shiniest rock you can find. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe I might have to rewatch it again and then like have like more a, a more definitive final answer. But I don't know, man. I'm feeling like a light five on this one for me. I'm feeling eight and a half uh, cigarettes with an arrow pointing on it. <laughs> I yeah. uh, I enjoyed this film. That a lot. was a revelation moment. 
yeah. that actually like made sense. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can follow this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's the one in doing all yeah, of this stuff. That, that I understood. Yeah. I just don't think that he, she needed fucking Brad. Yeah. Just let her be on her own. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we watched Brick because it was one that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we were doing the neo, the noir, you know, movies or, or genre. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely one that like stood out to me. And I was surprised that it was a Ryan, that a Ryan Johnson was the one who wrote and directed. Um, Cause I like Ryan Johnson, at least, you know, his more recent stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was cool. It was kind of like what we, what we did, you know, when, the when start. We, yeah. It was kind of like going back to like seeing like some of their early films. Yeah. Uh, and in that, in that aspect, I really did enjoy it. Boy, that series just died, didn't it? Yeah. We, 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 we can <laughs> we bring did, it back. We did two episodes. We can bring it back. <laughs> Anything can come back. Yeah, that's true. Even uh, the dead. <laughs> uh, do you have a recommendation? I do. It's been a while since I've done a music one. I feel like I feel like you say that all the time, if but you, I, I feel like like two episodes ago you recommended one. No, because if you go back, it's been a while since I've done a music. <laughs> um, so I was never really into like that pop punk era of our generation. Um, I was more of like the metalcore, like that, like the. Little known fact, Zach was going to be in a screamo band. I was going to be in a screamo band. Yeah. Uh, That fell through immediately. (laughs) I wrote literally like two books worth of lyrics and songs. Just nothing ever came of it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I was never really a part of that. Um, Like, I liked a few things here and there. Like, The Offspring have like two, three songs. Some 41 have two, three songs. My Chemical Romance, to me, has one album. Um, yeah, the Black Parade. Yeah, that's, the uh, that's gonna that's gonna hurt a lot of people. But um, yeah, that I agree though. Like, I'm not a big fan. I list, I went through and I li- and I listened back to like some of their other albums because I really like the Black Parade, and I was like, wow, none of this is for me. But then the Black Parade is just <laughs> oh, so it's for good. me. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. Um. So yeah, like I was never really a big part of it, but I understood the fact that like pop punk was supposed to be this catchy kind of like punk era of talking about like we're teenagers and we want to rebel and everything like that. But as an adult, I found somebody who I have been listening to, and I think that they're really cool, and that's uh, Jeff Rosenstock. Um, Yeah, I like Jeff Rosenstock. So, specifically, the album Worry. Um, I don't know if you've heard that album, but Worry was a really cool album for me where it starts off very slow, and then by midway, it's very fast and it's very catchy and songs just like bleed into each other. Yeah. And it's done like in a really cool way while still having that pop punk sound to it. But now talking about more adult things of trying to make it through the day and capitalism and government control. And it's just done in a very interesting way that I never was like a pop punk guy, but I really, I've already listened to this album like three, four times at this point. Oh yeah. Jeff Rosenstock's really good. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of great stuff actually. Yeah. Um, I just like his punk stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got. Nice. Frank, what are we doing next? So we are going to be doing some of our personal favorite sequels of all time. Aha. You know, the ones that come after the first one, hence sequel. What about after the second one? That would be a threequel. Ah, um, we what about after the, the third one? The freequel. Forkwell. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite forkwell. <laughs> There's few and far between to pick from. Uh, so look forward to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Zachary, please take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I want to see the pin. <laughs>